Hi, I'm Sajay Krishnan. I'm the Vice President of Product Marketing and GTM for the Cloud Management Business Unit at VMware. Welcome, Purnima, Ajay, and Mike. Uh, appreciate your joining this conversation. Uh, you know, it's an exciting time to kind of talk about where cloud is. Uh, Purnima, uh, Padmanabhan is the Vice President for uh, Product Management in the Cloud Management Business Unit. Ajay Singh is our general manager uh, in the Cloud Management Business Unit, and Mike Bookie is our chief technology officer. So welcome. Three years ago, lots of CIOs stood up on stage and talked about how you know, they'd moved to the cloud in about three years. Uh, you know, 90%, 95%, et cetera. Here we are, three years later. And I think, uh, you know, I, I do see an acceleration in real cloud implementations. But would love to kind of start and, and get a sense of what you all are seeing as you know practically what's going on in terms of customer cloud adoption. So Ajay, you want to just uh, lead off and tell us uh, what you see from customers in terms of cloud adoption? And sure, sure. Yeah. So certainly, I think in the cloud journey, uh, what a lot of people forget is uh, automation is the big uh, yeah. underpinning of the cloud journey, and 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 for and for the automation component. Uh, you know, even though people want to adopt a lot of the cloud, it's harder to adopt automation just because it's a people process change as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of process change that happens in, 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 you know, to get the value from the cloud. And so we see a lot of folks kind of are with the hearts in the right place, but unable to sometimes, you know, cross the chasm of the people process side. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, where leaders are driving it more top down, yeah. uh, there's a little bit more uh, uh, the, the, the uh, the imperative to drive the shift yeah. in the culture and the people process, those projects you know, move much faster. Yeah. Uh, and then actually, if you think about automation, it's just one aspect of it, but this is more just to kind of realize the cost benefit and the agility benefits. But ultimately, the digital transformation, it's developers that are going to build these new fancy applications that yeah. are going to get a competitive edge. Yeah. And uh, that's when you actually, a lot of customers realize and wake up and they say, gosh, do they have the skill sets, the developers? You know, I had- uh, Very interesting. One customer, a large insurance company, tell me, you know, my biggest problem uh, is you. So, what do you mean, us and VMware? <laughs> so, well, you guys have hired all the smart developers. It's really hard to find good cloud-native, you know, types of developers, yeah. uh, and that's really what is gating them. And so, people are realizing very quickly that they are gated by the skill set of the developers. Not everybody is a twelve-factor microservices developer. Yeah. Uh, maybe five percent of the population may be yeah. doing that. The rest of them are Java, JavaScript. Yeah. Some Cobol too. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. those are all the factors that is stopping you from just the the cultural people process side and the skill set. Yeah. No, a different view to that is that I come at completely the other angle. Yeah. I, I got an opportunity to talk to five customers uh, for about an hour today. And they were taught, they had all pretty much moved to the public cloud. Yeah. And they were completely bought in, and they were the cool kids, they had the developers, yeah. they got their microservices piece running. Yeah, they were explaining some of the challenges they are now having in production. Yeah. So the, the cloud is great if you go in with your eyes open, but when you go in there and you're not fully aware of some of the challenges, like for example, one they brought up, which yeah. was my visibility into what's going on is yeah. that much less. Yeah. So I'm seeing all of these contention issues occurring in my apps, and I'm actually sure what's going on because I can't see what this public cloud vendor is giving me. Yeah. Now, if you knew about that up front, you may have made different decisions. Yeah. So I think there's two ways. No, there out. is. Even if you have the developers, <coughs> they're challenges. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. You know, point counterpoint, right? Uh, I've seen some statistics that say that you know roughly 10 million software programmers in the world today. 
you know, something like 200,000 of them are you know, thinking or capable of dealing with you know, these platform three kinds of applica applications, so decomposed applications, uh, you know, microservices and containers and so on. So Purnima, so when you think about uh, agility you know, in the enterprise, because ultimately that's what everyone wants, right? They want agility. What sort of styles of uh, you know, agile development are you seeing you know, from a platform perspective? So what's the variety of things that you're seeing out there? What are you, what are you seeing customers kind of adopt in terms of trying to get, uh, get agile? Customers almost always have a very wide spectrum of platforms. It's never one platform. You have a bunch of applications that are sitting in traditional work workloads. Yeah. Then you have got, I would say, agile VM platforms, yeah. VM-based platforms. Yeah. And then you get into container-based platforms where it is just the Wild West. Nothing is truly enterprise class, but you have the Kubernetes, the Mesos, the um, and then then you get into Docker Swarm, and then you get into the PaaS layers with the with our Cloud Foundry and friends. Yeah. Um, and then finally, you also have people who just say, I'll go to the native public cloud and use the services there, with, cha with, with challenges and yeah. all. Yeah. And I would say it's almost like a maturity spectrum. Yeah. If you uh, see on the uh, within the data center, yeah. there are folks who have actually been able to not, uh, go up the maturity curve even without adopting Containers and of yeah. course my favorite example there is Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is hundred percent a VM-based shop, but okay. they have because they went with the premise for uh, what Mike said that they are going into the public cloud, so they'll build resiliency into the product. They will allow for their VMs to be truly immutable, yeah. and they will enable an architecture that is uh, that can fail over. Yeah. They were able to get huge benefits. Even so, without containers, just using even without yeah. containers. Yeah. So it's really how can for us then it becomes how can we deliver a platform that truly gives you an anchor across all these choices? We want to go to our customers and say, you pick your poison, and we will be there to manage it. So basically, I think what you're saying is it's a polyglot world out there. It is a polyglot world out there, yeah. and we have to make sure yeah. that we support these different um, different orchestration platforms. And the one consistent need across all this is how do I consume my resources? Yeah. Because that is where the bottom line budget comes from. That is where the security rules are applied, yeah. and that is where the consumption comes from. So fascinating problem, right? So here we have a polystack, polyglot kind of world. And you have the same set of IT resources that are enabling all these consumption models. So how is this going to work? It seems like you know they're being asked to do, and it's not like you have an infinite IT budget, even though software is eating the world. Uh, how do you how are you seeing this uh, balancing act happen? So, Mike, you want to start, and then perhaps we can sure. Get up um, to you. The answer is a bit difficult. I mean, <laughs> it, it really. It's almost like a fashion trend, I've heard it described, where a customer will look, go to their favorite conference or read their favorite article and yeah. say, oh wow, look at this, Amazon Lambda. Yeah. I will go and make my environment completely Lambda. Yeah. It will be fabulous. And some companies have been really, really successful at this. Yeah. It, is, it is amazing. You know, we, we talk about the adoption of some of these things like containers and VMs, the stateful containers. And then you see companies like Nordstrom, 
who have sat there and converted their entire e-commerce to complete stateless in Lambda, back with an S3 storage. It is state of the art. Yes, they found those developers who know how to do it. They, maybe they stole them for us. I don't know. <laughs> um, but but th there is that. So you have to deal with these customers who have taken that choice and are really living on the edge. Yeah. And then you have the people who are sitting there and they're wondering, well, how do I even migrate at the end? Because we're still there. We're still going to assist these people in our tool sets. So as Panima said, the breadth of the tool set and, and this enabling whatever phase, whatever phase of maturity they're in to move to the next step is key to us. Yeah. And automation and operations, if you look at this. But coming back to that, you know, so, so what does IT do? So it still kind of comes back to that question. So how are they managing to support all these sorts of use case or use models? I think the earlier, as I mentioned, yeah. the common, ultimately you have to say, what is the common uh, platform that they yeah. control. Yeah. You have to give these choices and there will be different levels of maturity. Yeah. Yeah. And back to the common anchor is resources. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's functions, containers, VMs, yeah. I don't care, it needs compute yeah. and some kind of resource. Yeah. It needs to connect with network, it needs storage to store its data. Yeah. That resource layer, if you can provide a common curated layer yeah. for consumption of that resource yeah. and you can apply policies against it, yeah and you can allow for right kind of consumption against these orchestration solutions. Now IT is back in control. Yeah. They can go back and say, okay, you want Kubernetes? Great, drop it on this layer, and by the way, I'm going to give you a common catalog. Yeah. Or you want to be able to go and consume native AWS services? That is okay. We will stretch this layer yeah. to the private cl public cloud, and now you can drop the policies and on, on top of it. Gotcha. So the way that you have to go back to that common demand. So in some sense, IT is being the steward of the resources yeah. and the desire to govern them. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a great way for IT to add value yeah. uh, to enable both the cost side of the house and the compliance side of the house, as well as enable the agility yeah. uh, that all of these wireless technologies are enabling. So, uh, Ajay, so are you seeing some sort of a pendulum swing here, perhaps? You know, because uh, uh, a couple of years ago, you could hear the, the sort of uh, at least articles and so on addressing or breaking making this point that you know developers are freed by going to the public cloud really you know uh, that, that they are in control and IT is really slowing things down by getting in the way uh, is there a an appreciation now more for the the value that IT has always been delivering is there like a, a change do you see well yeah, actually the way I look at it is that I don't quite see the pendulum swinging okay. I think IT is responding by recognizing that they have to be very low friction yeah. in the governance. Yeah. So they are demanding solutions yeah. that keep the dev developer relatively unfettered, yeah. but at the same time add some low friction governance. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of solution what the market is demanding. Right. The old style is just not going to fly. Yeah, I think that now what we're, you know, if I sort of connect the dots here, it appears that what you're saying is that you know, there's IT and you know you have these new sorts of IT related areas, app ops, tech ops, you know, whatever you call it, maybe it's QA inside a dev team, but but really a, a layer of, of uh, uh, you know infrastructure support that's being provided that really frees up developers to just focus on what they love to do, which is kind of create value for uh, and do as much self-service as possible. You know, IT, you know, in the background set some policies and then right. the, 
let people go. So I think that's where... So that's the change, where it's the pendulum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there was this big <laughs> assumption that developers, well, what was the term used, wanted to be set free. They yeah. actually, actually wanted to use, I'll use term, to have less friction in their whole yeah. development life cycle yeah. and, and make their lives easier. And it's kind of interesting, I, I spend a lot of time talking to developers when I talk to customers and um, <laughs> most of them talk about DevOps, yeah. obviously. The last thing I want to be doing is operating my software. <laughs> and, and, and so they've kind of found themselves in this lifestyle yeah. and they're looking, they're actually actively looking to get out of it. And what's happening is we're seeing these interfaces being developed for instrumentation, for automation, yeah. which enables them to, to be actually move away from this, right? And so if we can enable through our platforms, the automation platforms and operation platforms, then not to have to take this all the way through into operations, right? And, and to be able to instrument their applications as they re-architect them into microservices or functions of service or whatever. We can actually help this whole thing work and developers can go back to developing code, yeah. which is what they get paid for, yeah. and operations people can operate as well. I had a very interesting discussion with one of our large customers. Yeah. And uh, cutting edge, company and they are building apps on all the latest technologies but they have been containers have become a mainstay there and they have using cloud foundry there and the developers initially built rogue environments they were after their races but now it's at a stage where production environments are running on cloud foundry and the development teams have come back to it and said look I don't want to manage all this. Can you manage this? So it's it's the the, the moral here is really it's about maturity. Yeah. As technologies mature and they have to be operated, automated, and yeah. managed on an ongoing basis, it becomes a natural mainstay for IT. And so it's all technologies will follow that evolution. But the question for IT is, can they catch it early on? Yeah. And can they allow for that developer? Uh, experimentation and developer innovation to happen on their resource platform. Fascinating point, right? Because I think as uh, managers in uh, delivering IT applications or, or new new uh, software value add, uh, I think they you know we need to be realistic about Tiger teams and all the innovations that uh, that they're pursuing. So you know I've heard the same story about teams that are you know focused on delivering value through using OpenStack. Uh, using Docker, Docker Swarm, Kubernetes, take your flavor, but all of them suffer from the same issue, which is this is a lot of fun to stand these cool new frameworks up. On your laptop. On your laptop <laughs> for the first year or six months or year and a half, right? But soon the, the execs are, are, are asking the question as to what customer value have we truly delivered? I mean, standing up OpenStack is, is, is fun, uh, but it's not really solving your customer problem. In fact, I would argue that on this pendulum that the the IT teams are that there's pressure on them to kind of upscale and reskill themselves yeah. to start to kind of understand what the DevOps process is. Yeah. Maybe start to leverage the DevOps process themselves yeah. as they kind of you know uh, curate their uh, uh, chef uh, you know recipes or puppet manifests or yeah. any of the various scripts that they have, etc. Yeah. Uh, and the more they engage in that internal DevOps process and learn how to put something in a Git repository and, yeah. and, and version it and track it and all that, the more appreciation and more ready they would be for where the pendulum is right now. That, that's a great point. So this is uh, IT actually uh, you know, practicing infrastructure as a, yes. as a you know, as code, best you know, you know, methods and, and such and 
So here is a chance for them to actually do what the developers are doing. And uh, VMware technology is kind of supporting that. that that's what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so we have some solutions uh, like CodeStream, yeah. uh, you know, that's part of a VRA offering, right. that really enable and pack targeted for IT to go do that. Right. So let me actually switch gears to the latest and greatest. Purnima, you're just coming off uh, announcements around uh, PKS, Pivotal uh, Container Services, and, and so tell us a little bit about how this fits into this, uh, you know, the paradigm that we're talking about. So, you know, we've got customers, multi cloud, common platform, IT having to deliver all these things. So where does uh, PKS and some of these container technologies fit into this uh, kind of paradigm? As I mentioned earlier, to build out, a, let, let us see what, what goes into standing up a containerized environment, yeah. right? You need to have your core compute and network and storage infrastructure that has an underlay networking. Yeah. Then you need to put your Kubernetes, and ideally you want to put container networks, something like a flannel. Then you want some kind of load balancers. If you want persistent storage, you probably would go and get some kind of persistent storage company. And then you have to make sure all these versions match up, they line up, and still you don't have a multi-tenant enterprise-ready Kubernetes. So what we have done with PKS is we have said, look, you don't need to go and do all of that. Yeah. Uh, in a demo that we showed, Within a single click, you could procure a Kubernetes cluster yeah. for a tenant or for an organization in a completely governed multi-tenant way yeah. that plumbs all the way down to the network. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is the power of PKS. And where we are stitching it into our automation and operations is one, the PKS ultimately still lands on resources. So we will make sure from an operations perspective, we have all the right knowledge and information to monitor the entire Pivotal Container yeah. Service stack and to also make sure that we have the right metrics for debugging and troubleshooting all together, right? Anytime there's an abstraction, it's harder to debug yeah. and container abstraction does make it harder. Okay. Number two, we are making sure from an automation perspective, uh, ultimately when you look at a project, I don't care if, if I have 10 units of resource, I don't care if five units are consumed by VM workloads, one by function and you know four other by containers. We give a common governance across all these consumption models. And the common governance includes both catalog and the pipeline. So actually let me switch gears to the other side, right? So 30% or so of developers work on Oracle or SAP kinds of applications. <laughs> You know, if I am such an application developer, how do I gain agility? So this is all great. I love the Kubernetes story and PKS, but what does that mean for me? I've got I got to deal with uh, Oracle applications or sure. SAP applications, Sajid. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, actually, uh, you know, this is the point I was making earlier on that is an opportunity for the whole organization yeah. to kind of you know get the benefits of this newer paradigm yeah. uh, that is really driving the digital transformation yeah. the paradigm of agility yeah. and all the way down to an oracle application in fact at vmware you know uh, you know our myvmware.com is an oracle application yeah. uh, and uh, over there as well you know we uh, you know classically when we did an upgrade it would take yeah. us 5 to 6 weeks to do an upgrade yeah. uh, and uh, what we did was we blueprinted this application yeah. it took us you know maybe a few 3 4 weeks to do that but what yeah. we had the blueprint done uh, then to actually launch an upgrade and get it done was uh, you know under 30 hours, uh, and so we automated a lot of the process, yeah. and the team learned the whole CI/CD process and yeah. how you actually execute on that. So this is an opportunity 
for anybody in any arena to try and gain acceleration and agility, Great. which is a business imperative for all of us. Great. So like uh, now just to kind of sum this up and wrap it, uh, would one of you like to kind of lead off and just, hey, so had a good conversation here. Yeah, so what is the message for? Uh, yeah, let me, let me just say at, at a macro level, you know, clearly, you know, we're in a world where agility is prime. Yeah. That's driving everything. And, and innovation is prime. Yeah. Uh, and then in the development world, you know, innovation is, you know, at, at peak. And it's great to see new innovative platforms coming out. And guess what? Today it's Kubernetes, and tomorrow it may be Function. Day after, there may be something else, which is all goodness. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we have, uh, you know, our core customer, the IT organization, yeah. uh, they are stewards of, you know, this resource. And at the same time, they're all that we have to we're helping them, you know, while providing low friction approaches but nonetheless to be able to perform their tasks in that low friction manner, to be the stewards of all this resource that can enable the agility, yet they can have the compliance and the cost and all the other things that the IT organizations are, are required to do. And that's really kind of the, the new challenge in the cloud management arena. How do you actually enable that? Great. Thank you, Purnima, Ajay and Mike. Great conversation. And you know, look forward to more evolution in the cloud. And I'm hoping that we'll get to have this conversation a year later and see where we are. Great. Thank you. Onwards to an exciting journey. Bye, folks. Thank you very much.